What's up, everybody? You're listening to Tui Bowl with Rich and Sierra. Uh, today, we have a few things we want to talk to you about. And uh, to start off, it's going to be Al Davis just mentioning like his vision as um, the organization runs on into the future. And uh, just with the fact that we have a new coach, uh, defensive back opening, and looking into that, seeing who we think may be selected for that position and uh, also what makes a great coach. I had certain philosophies of my own that had to become part of whatever I was to do. And that was number one, what I call the vertical game. We were gonna stretch the field vertically. When we came out of the huddle, we weren't looking for first downs. We didn't want to move the chains. We wanted touchdowns. We wanted the big play, the quick strike. It's number one to say you want to do that. It's number two to say that you have the players to do it, but it's number three to do it. To do it on first down of any football game for that defense that you're playing against. For those cornerbacks who play out there on the corners, to know that the Raiders are coming at you, they're coming at you on top, and they've got the speed to do it, and they will do it. It's like having the bomb and being willing to drop it. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Rich. Uh, And that was the man right there, Mr. Al Davis. Um, Going forward, we're trying to dedicate each uh, podcast that we do to uh, one Raider, And for this podcast, we decided to go with Al Davis. Uh, Technically, it's our second podcast, but uh, we like to call it our number one. And since it is number one, uh, Al Davis uh, feels like the right person to dedicate this podcast to. Um, Our previous podcast, uh, we're going to dedicate that to Jim Otto, who was actually with the Raider organization when it was first founded in 1960. Uh, Al Davis came after... Uh, 1963 and we all know the story from there Um, changed the program uh, the organization and uh, pretty much turned into what it is today and all the greatness players coaches everything that came along with it definitely credited to Al Davis so uh, the clip we just heard that was basically my favorite quote uh, or idea from Al Davis he definitely brought that bravado the Um, When he mentioned about not coming out of the huddle looking for first downs, we were looking for touchdowns. That's that's just an Al Davis thing. And I think that that also um, that also, I think. um, Explains why one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like the Raiders, we basically as Raiders or Raider fans. We basically take the risk. Um, If we want something, the whole Raider attitude, the whole Raider mentality is we're going to go get it. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I I know for sure that's why a lot of owners did not like Al Davis. Um, uh, We all know the story about him moving from Oakland to Los Angeles um, because he didn't get the the suites that he wanted uh, from the city of Oakland into that stadium. Uh, moving his team to uh, Los Angeles. Nobody, I don't I don't think, if I remember right, I don't think any of the uh, other NFL owners voted for him uh, or approved the move to L.A., but we <laughs> we all know what happened. He did it anyway. 
Um, went to Los Angeles, won the only Super Bowl there. Um, Rams fans, just a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just if you just look back at the Raider history and all the greatness that came that came with the Raiders, their Super Bowl wins, the coaches, the players, the type of players that Al Davis went after. It was basically that mentality of we're gonna do what we want. Uh, Bo Jackson uh, mentioned it on um, one of his tributes <clears throat> to Al Davis and and saying how much. Uh, he appreciated Al Davis and um, he also mentioned that there was no other team that he would have played for like the way um, he was his personality the way his career was going he was playing baseball at the time um, he didn't want anything to do with football uh, but there was one organization that he did not mind playing for and that was the Raiders and it, it was basically the Raiders were the only team that allowed him to play the full season of baseball and afterwards played f football which was around mid-October um, and what no position other was he? Uh, running back. Okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking about that. What's that kid's name that uh, wants to? Oh. To do, to do baseball and football. Tyler Murray. Tyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't he do it? And then, you know, like, different organizations will let you know a player play both. Well, that's a good question, and I think the main reason is because Tyler Murray plays quarterback. Okay. He so, only plays quarterback. I'm not sure if he only plays quarterback, but that's going to be the position that everyone drafts him to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just think, like, what if he could have best of both worlds and not be quarterback? Is he, like, not good at any other position? Like, I... I think he wants to play quarterback, uh -huh. and I think also the teams that would draft him, that's the position that they okay. would draft him for. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not even, like, a, a second string type thing, and he could still be able to play baseball, like... Possibly, uh -huh. but if it was second string, one he wouldn't get drafted. As much money. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. get that much money, so it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be, be worth, worth it. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't okay. be worth it. No, I get you. So yeah, uh, Bo Jackson did it. Deion Sanders did it. Mm -hmm. They both didn't play quarterback. So yeah, I think that's okay. the biggest difference is Kyler Murray plays quarterback. So it wouldn't. I'm not gonna say it's impossible because I'm a <laughs> I'm a Raider fan, so we're not. We we don't really limit ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we 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 don't we're, we're we don't think like that. Right. But it would be very very difficult uh, to do as a as an NFL. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think it's possible that they might even like the Raiders organization with John Gruden right now? Do you think it's possible he's thinking about Kyle Murray just to just as far as like I know he's kind of boring on interviews, but like just thinking that mentality like it's impossible for a lot of people. Do you think that? The Raiders organization would be the one to just kind of dictate, like, it's not impossible. We're going to do it. Yep. Yep. That, I, I was actually Have you thought thinking about, about that? that. Yep. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that. If, if Especially if he's really undecided. Uh -huh. Like, at first, when I used to, when I watched those interviews, I was uh -huh. like, is he already know and he just doesn't want to give yeah. up? Or maybe, and now I'm just starting to think, maybe he really doesn't know. Maybe he really is undecided. And for sure, the Raiders would would definitely work with him. Right. Um, if, especially if he wanted to. They do would both. eat him up, like just as as far as the organization goes. I mean, I don't really know a lot since. Just to give you guys a little bit of background, um, we got married about a year ago, um, and I mean that's my entire football. <laughs> like my knowledge has stemmed from that. I did not know anything about football before that. So, I mean, I'm kind of coming into this on a blank slate. Uh, 
And so just <laughs> listening to these things, I, I like have had no idea what anything is. But now if you if you ask everybody, they're like, oh, we didn't even know Sierra knew anything about football. Yeah. Well, one, you're a quick learner. But yeah, two, I, I don't think you had a choice. I got to tell you, though, this is like it's football is just life. So I had to hop on board somehow. <laughs> we weren't going to be able to live in our relationship no. if I wasn't a football fan at no, some point. Definitely wouldn't have worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um um, Al Davis, uh, we, we, we definitely thought about him a lot, um, before doing this podcast mm-hmm. and, um, every, every, everything that the Raiders are is because of Al Davis. It started with his vision. Um, the, their success in the past was because of Al Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, also I was listening to a, a podcast this morning about Tom Flores, a former coach of the Raiders, uh, won two Super Bowls with the Raiders. Um, and there's a lot of back and forth about uh, why he didn't make it. Uh, this year was his first year <clears throat> making it to the semifinals and the finals uh, for the Hall of Fame, uh, but he didn't make the cut. Um, and they had two people, uh, two of the voters on this podcast explaining their argument for Tom Flores and also their reasons uh, why uh, other voters um, were against it. Were against it, and one okay. of the one of the, the arguments against Tom Flores was because the Raiders had so many great players, they were wondering how much of an influence Tom Flores had okay. on the Super Bowl. And Al Davis being there and just how much right. Al Davis... Because Al Davis, he you got to remember... His, he shaped everybody. Exactly. And yeah. he's one of... He was... I don't know if he's the only owner um, right now, but he was definitely one of the only owners to go from a coach all the way up to becoming an owner yeah. also was a commissioner of the American Football League. I mean, if you just do the research on Al Davis, you realize how much he was, there was no other owner like Al Davis. Yeah. Um, the and, positions for him were limitless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when he hired coaches, like, he sat down and went over, like, plays with these coaches before mm-hmm. he hired them. Like, um, former uh, Raider coach Hugh Jackson uh, said that uh, back in the days <laughs> when he when he was hired by Al Davis, like Al Davis is the first owner that I've actually sat down and talked talk X's and O's with. Like I've never done that with any other owner. And Hugh Jackson uh, has been with uh, in the NFL for years, I think close to 20 now. But um, yeah, I mean. Well, I think that's also something Gruden said in one of the articles I read, just mm-hmm. that he and Davis would sit in dark rooms together and just go over plays for hours on end <laughs> and just dedication to the football as far as like just screening plays and it was constant he he couldn't grasp that an owner would put that much into it right. it was like shocking for to him it's it's like yeah. i mean <laughs> and you would be able to he he mentions in that art in that same article about smelling his cologne and you know like <laughs> that's how often he was there everybody knew the everybody smell knew. of his cologne mm-hmm. <laughs> yep and that kind of reminds of us uh reminds me of our owner yeah like you know our owner at uh where we work at um he done, he done all the work that we've we've done in the warehouse yeah. that we're and doing he, now. He started in a small shop by himself and worked himself up to an mm-hmm. owner of a company. Yep. The same that Al Al Davis did. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean he's he's pretty much like influence branching everything. He's in 
everything. Although we wouldn't like him to be, as I'm sure the the coach and the players back then didn't like him to be, it didn't matter. <laughs> um, actually, I just now thought about it. It's funny. Uh, uh, employee of uh, one of our employees who's, who's at, who actually had a hard time dealing with our boss. His name is Mike, by the way. So our boss, Mike, is because he's done the work and he knows exactly from the ground up the operation. Mm-hmm. There's a certain expectation, right? Like right. he's not just there trying to looking at numbers. He knows the work that needs to be done. So yeah, he, he kind of have his hands <laughs> on at, in every department in the company, and in my department, uh, the supervisor just has like a hard time dealing with him. I mean, I, I know a lot of it is communication, but that's one of it. One of the reasons why he's having a hard time is because our owner he knows the work. So. I don't know if if our supervisor is kind of, I don't know, beating around the bush about Let's some ch- of the things that he does. <laughs> but we joke, we always joke that this guy is Al Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it this way: the supervisor out there is about to get traded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh. it's just, and, and you know, Al Davis is just one of a kind. So we definitely wanted to uh, give a shout out to him. And we thought it was uh, appropriate. Um, that it uh, be our second first podcast. Yeah. Technically our second, but officially our first. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, and speaking of, of coaches and Al Davis and his influence, there's an opening right now. Um, Defensive back. The opening. coach Ansley. Uh-huh. I think Derek Ansley is his uh, full name just accepted a, a coaching gig uh, with a college team. I don't remember which one. So that left the opening for the DB DB department and uh, with the Raiders. And there's a lot of speculation. I'm also speculating myself. I'm also, I'm getting like getting maybe antsy. maybe a little too excited <laughs> because I'm uh, <laughs> I'm kind of co- trying to connect the dots. Charles Woodson uh, earlier this week announced that he will no will no longer be with ESPN. And then uh, just yesterday, I believe, or a couple of days ago, that's when uh, Coach Ansley um, departed with the Raiders. So I'm I'm connecting the dots, thinking, oh, that means Seawood is is coming back. He's coming home. But uh, I, I just read a a, um, a tweet by Charles Woodson earlier today that uh, nope, it's purely just a, coincidence. Purely coincidence is is the exact tweet. So we'll see though. We'll see. The I position mean... is still open. Woodson, it's still he's still out there. So we'll see. Yeah, Rich will be the first one to know since he's a Twitter troll. (laughs) (laughs) Constantly on Twitter, searching the Raiders. And actually thinking about that, so that possibility uh, brings up up the point about coaches and exactly their their qualifications. What what makes them a great coach? Because I know it's going to be, if he does become the coach, the DB's coach for the Raiders, the biggest knock I know they're going to have on him is he has no experience, which is similar to Mike Mayock, right? Uh, the Raiders just hired Mike Mayock as their GM. Right. No experience whatsoever. A lot of um, a lot of the, the TV guys out there are, are blaming it on uh, him just being friends with Coach Gruden. 
uh, which I think is irrelevant, I whether mean, they're friends or not. No, I, I think it's pretty relevant, but I think that that is a complete advantage because if you really think about like why Reggie McKenzie didn't work for the Raiders past like um, just with John Gruden is because John Gruden had a different mentality than him and they gave him full leniency for the next 10 years. Like there's no way that you can't get along with your, your team. Like, so they're just forming it. I mean, I guess I understand why you would say it's not relevant, but I think that if they don't have the same mentality and if they can't form based on opinion, then they're going to struggle. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that it's irrelevant, irrelevant that, uh, whether they're friends or not, because, okay, say say they are, and they are longtime friends, but, mm-hmm. okay, so what? If he's still the right guy for the job, so right. what if they're friends or not? Like, all these uh, assumptions and all, all, all these things that they're saying, I mean, at the end of the day, what, what matters is the results. And if the results equals to a Super Bowl, like... All the noise, all that noise is going to stop. Be happy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just that's just how it is. So I, I if Seawood becomes the DB's coach, it's going to be that same that that kind of talk all over again. Right. Oh, he's just. But Raiders organization, all Raider fans know, or maybe not all Raider fans know, but the the real ones know. That's what we do. We 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 like keeping our guys around. If you if you mm-hmm. used to play for a Raider for the Raiders back in the day, we love keeping you near keeping you in the building because we need to teach the younger guys coming in the Raider way we there's only you know there's uh there's that shirt that Amy Trash the former CEO for the Raiders always talks about her favorite t-shirt is there's 31 teams in the NFL and then there's the Raiders like that's just that's just how we are like the everybody knows that you know the Raiders have their own way of doing it the Patriots they have their own way of doing things right. like every team has their their little niche the the way they do things and the Raiders yeah. that's just how we operate we like our guys a lot of them are just a little bit less noticeable than the Raiders because they're just so outspoken so yeah that's definitely what makes the team the team yeah and that uh and speaking of former players turned coaches for the Raiders uh Rod Woodson um was one of those guys Willie Brown uh when he retired uh Al Davis <clears throat> was still a big influence for the Raiders and was there with Fred Belenikoff for a number of years. I think they were there close to 20 years, I would say, uh, as DB's coach and wide receivers coach. Um, because when I became a Raider fan, I just seen them on the sidelines. I, I didn't even know that they used to play <laughs> for the Raiders. And then I kind of just found out as, as the years went by and didn't doing research on them. But yeah, I mean... That's just the way the Raiders do business. I mean, they like their guys, and uh, what better way to teach players, uh, especially the with the draft coming up, than having the player, the actual players that used to play for you, be the coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, live in the flesh. So because they have the most experience. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, and then uh, it also got me to thinking. So what do I think? Uh, what makes a great coach? Um, if, if it's if the qualification I mean it's, it's good to have uh, a resume a nice resume with All of your a lot ducks of experience row, yeah. uh, but say you don't right like how the Raiders are doing it right now mm-hmm. with Mike Mayock mm-hmm. uh, possibly Charles Woodson like say that's your guys you feel they're the right fit with no experience what 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 would make John Gruden think they're the right guys like what, what is he looking at 
Yeah, they used to. They're they're former Raiders, but Mike Mayock is not a former Raider. Right. He played in the NFL, but I think he played for the Giants. Um, so what? 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 In my mind, what? What would I think would make a great coach? Um, and I think the biggest thing is something that Mike Mayock uh, referred to when they kept asking him that question, like. You know, you have no experience. What do you say to those uh, people? Mm-hmm. And Mike Mayock kept on saying the term fit, the right fit. Like, you just have to be the right fit. Mm-hmm. And I think for the Raiders, that's that's the way, that's exactly the way they see it. Um, if if they feel like, we'll just say Al Davis. Like, we'll take it back to Al Davis. Al Davis was the main guy for the Raiders. Everything flowed through Al Davis. Uh, coaches, players. Al Davis had the vision. Everybody else just had to go along with it or understand that vision and maybe not necessarily understand the vision, um, but they just either had to ride with it or not. Um, And that's just and I think that's the way John Gruden does it now. Yeah, he's going to he's going to grab his guys that believes in his vision. And that's it. That's that's like the number one qualification. I think that John Gruden Mm -hmm. looks at there was a excuse me. There was an earlier uh, interview uh, with Donald Penn, who was the left tackle for the Raiders. Uh, he was hurt all season, but he had uh, he was on NFL Network uh, talking about John Gruden. Uh, they asked him about his relationship, John Gruden's relationship with Derek Carr, and how that how that's going, how the team was. And Donald Penn basically was saying, "Hey, look, we had a we had a tough season. Uh, when you trade away your best player, Khalil Mack, I mean." It's gonna it's gonna take a while for players to kind of get over that, mm-hmm. but we believe in John Gruden. That's uh, you know was his words is we believe in John Gruden. You know John Gruden and Derek Carr they're they're so in sync. But uh, his main uh, message that I got from it is that John Gruden has a vision. We all believe in it, and I think that's the main thing with the coaches that come in, whether they have experience or not, right. they just have to believe in John Gruden's vision. And I think the reason also for the trades is maybe they didn't believe in the vision, you know, like Khalil Mack, like not showing up, like fighting it, like knowing that he has a year left, but he wants something out of it. Like he wants something in return that doesn't fit with John Gruden's image. Like how he envisions the, how he envisions the team going, like maybe Amari Cooper, although he's doing great in uh, the Cowboys right now, it's just like, he wasn't doing all that much for the Raiders. He didn't see the vision like maybe that's one of the biggest reasons that they traded them in the first place. Right. And I mean, and, and, and you're right. It's maybe, right. Cause that's all we can do is speculate. Right. We really don't it's know totally what, what, what goes on in that room. And I don't care what kind of reporter you are out there. <laughs> okay. What kind of facts you have or the sources you have. If you were not in those rooms or in part of those phone calls with the Raiders and Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack's agent, you really don't know what happened. Right. really don't know what happened with that. Um, well, I would take it even a step back and say, if you are not in John Gruden's brain, then you don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. That just knocked out pretty much everyone. Everyone. Right? Except for one person. <laughs> and, that's, and, and, that's, and that's what I think is what comes down to, to right. these hires, potential hires, and anyone that uh, that's going to be a part of the Raider organization moving forward, they just have to believe in, in John Gruden and what he's trying to do. Well, here's my question for you is, I mean, I think we've talked about the fact that Mark Davis, you know, he's not like the, like a football person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you, why do you think that he would have hired John Gruden 
to possibly fulfill the image his father set in place? Or is there like a different reason you think behind that? Because, I mean, if he's not really a football person, Mm -hmm. then he's trying to control the aspect of like, this person knows what they're talking about. And I think that for this reason. No, it's definitely when when um, shortly after I think the season ended, uh, when Al Davis died, Mm -hmm. um, they were asking Mark Davis a lot of those kind of questions and uh, who he would hire. You know, does he have a list of people Uh that was going to come in and um, how he would do it? And one of the first things I remember that Mark Davis uh, said is, I am not my father and I (laughs) and I know what I don't know. Yeah. And then, and I was like so glad to hear that because like everybody knew he he was different from Al Davis. Uh, he didn't live the kind of life Al Davis has, so he he was definitely lacking a lot of football knowledge and experience uh, versus Al Davis. But it was it was like it was great to hear that he know it himself because you know it how how easily it would have been for him to be like I'm just gonna take over this thing you know and kind of try to imitate Al Davis. But no, he knew. He knew that he he was not that guy. Right. He was not his dad. So, and one and then uh, he he basically explained that he's gonna get the people that he thinks can do the job in there to do it. And um, when they hired John Gruden, uh, he said that was the when his and he repeated that basically when his dad died, John Gruden was the first guy he wanted, and he basically begged or asked John Gruden from that year. All the way until now, till he got hired, and John Gruden <laughs> basically just said he couldn't do it at the time. All the way until now, but uh, when he finally got hired, Mark Davis said John Gruden was the was the guy he wanted all along, and I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Um, yeah, just seeing the way John Gruden is, I mean, man, um, me personally, there was only one time I I was so close to not being a Raider fan. Raider fans know we like we're like the most frustrated fans, right? Like we have all these great players every year like i don't care what our record says we always have great players mm-hmm. that can give us winning seasons but for some reason it just doesn't work out that way right and then me as a fan i became a fan like really started paying attention to the raiders around 89 bo jackson days art shell as the coach and then when john gruden came along there was a lot of bad years between art shell and john gruden so once john gruden came to the raiders like i've never experienced such like a turnaround. That, yeah, that kind of success okay. as a Raider fan. Like from <laughs> our shell to John Gruden, we never we we still haven't won a Super Bowl ever since I became a fan. Like all their all three of the uh, Raiders Super Bowls happened either before I was born or I was just too young to remember and I didn't really care about football. So okay. ever since I've been a Raider fan, we haven't won no Super Bowls. And John Gruden was like the closest we've came to winning anything. We won playoff games, made it to the championship game, like. Like that, John Gordon was my favorite, and then <laughs> Al Davis goes and just trade him away. I was just like, "All right, I think I'm ready to quit this team. Like, <laughs> I'm so done. I'm so done with this team. Why are we getting rid of the best thing that happened to this team?" And then now he's back, so you can just imagine how I feel right now. So, oh, we got no. the right guy. I remember the day that. He got so excited because he had just seen that the new coach was going to be John Gruden. He was like jumping up and down, up and down. He's all, Chucky's back, babe. And I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. And he goes, I can't wait for the draft. 
I can't wait for the draft. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's like, okay. Oh, and after this first season, hey, it, it definitely didn't go the way it, it, I thought it was it was going to go. But all it was a lot of changes that happened. Yeah. And a lot of rookies played, though. That's one of the, the, the good things about this season. A lot of the rookies, a lot of the people that uh, we drafted this year, they got playing time. And although they yeah. didn't, they didn't make spuff, they're rookies, right? Like they're Colton not gonna, Miller. Yeah, they're 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 not going to be, you know, all pro, pro bowl uh-huh. type players. Not not as right. a rookie, you know. No. I mean, that would that would be kind of unrealistic to have those kind of expectations. But they they got their feet wet. Like imagine the the a, a lot of NFL players say the biggest growth that a player has in the NFL is from year one to year two, and that's just all rookies right uh, across the board whether mm-hmm. you get playing time or not but now that with that fact and now they got playing time like they started like the whole year like the best part about the the team this past year is the fact that they sucked helped get those rookies the time that they needed to yep. improve oh no definitely. yeah definitely. so i definitely so. agree with what you're saying there so yeah i mean it's it's all good i mean i've when they hired john gruden i I was like done. I was like, "We're we're winning championships. It's, <laughs> it's done. Like we're we're we were supposed to win championships the first time he's here, but hey, it is what it is. He's back. I'm just glad he's back. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Seawood comes back too. That would be nice. Um, but I I think that's pretty much uh, everything that uh, we wanted to touch uh, basis with you guys on. Um, was there? Um, no, I think just before we go, we should just touch bases on the communication aspect. I think that that's one of the most important things that a coach can have. And as far as the communication goes, you have to be able to have those conversations with Gruden and your players and find balance between that. Because from what I hear, Gruden has an open door policy, right? So it's like... You know, like, even though his players could come in, it's less likely than the coaches, right? I mean, and, and speaking of communication, I mean, we were just talking about um, Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. There was a, a lot of reports that, and I think they were true because uh, Gruden never denied those reports. Right. But there was a lot of report that throughout the whole time, Khalil Mack was holding out of training camp. They didn't talk. They didn't talk. Yeah. Like... And I was thinking to myself, no, those those gotta be just rumors, right? Like, how do you not, how, <laughs> how do you not, not contact talk, yeah. to your coach? Like, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I was, I can, I maybe that that really did go down. You know, I, I could see it happening. Yep. And I, I think that Gruden, as like a new a new coach to uh, Mac, I, I think I see him reaching out one time and seeing where it stems from that. And I think it didn't stem at all. Well, and they, well, the thing is. They, of course, they had contacts because of uh, yeah. the, the the contract negotiation that right. Mac was trying to, but not directly with Khalil Mack. Exactly, it was with his agent. Agent the whole time. The whole time, and I know a lot of players do that, right? They're they're all about just playing they're the game. Throat. Yeah, they're playing. They're gonna just worry about the game. Mm-hmm. They get their agent. Their agent worries, you know, takes care of the business side. Yeah, so like they that's what they pay them for. Yep. Yep. So they do all of that, and knowing John Gruden, he's he's. He can relate to a lot of the players uh, mm-hmm. just because of his personality, the way he can adapt, uh, just just how dynamic of a, of, of a person John Gruden is. Mm-hmm. But he has a lot of old school beliefs. And I know one of his 
his old school beliefs is because he mentioned it in in the senior bowl mm-hmm. uh, at the combine last year's combine uh, when they talk about uh, interviewing players um, he he definitely puts a, a big emphasis of meeting a player one on one and and Hashing looking them lo- looking at them in the eye and talking to them and how much he gets. Uh, from a person when he interacts with them face okay. to face. Okay. He mentioned that in last year's combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned a little bit of that at the senior bowl uh, this year that they coached um, on the North team. It was either the North team or the South team, but they coached. <laughs> That's because there's only two. <laughs> but they coached uh, one of the squads. The Niners right. coaching staff was coaching the other squad. But yeah, that, that was one of the things he said about the, how important the senior bowl was because they get, they get to sit down one-on-one with these players and 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 he said that was the big thing about the senior bowl not really what they do on the field and the practices or in the game because that stuff they can watch on tape yeah you know what what the real advantage of, of being the coaching staff at the senior bowl was sitting down one-on-one with these players and he said that that that's huge advantage when you go when draft comes around because right. you, you kind of get a better feel for that player. So I'm thinking with that and how the Khalil Mack thing went down. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to believe that they really didn't talk. Uh, and he mentioned after the trade though that he said, yeah, and I did get the chance to talk to Khalil Mack and just thank him for what he did uh, for the Raiders. So. But just to just to speak on uh, the fact that the Raiders and the Niners coaches both were uh, coaching that um, the better teams coach one. <laughs> I'm just a hater. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm a hater too, especially after the after the whooping they gave us this Hell year. Yeah. My goodness. The stadium was nice. That was our first time at the stadium. That was his first time, yeah. (laughs) Former uh, pretend 49er fan here. (laughs) Hey, that's fine. You gotta you gotta follow you know where wherever the horse uh, takes you. You know that's where you go. Um, But yeah, the stadium was nice. That was my first time there. Um, But yeah, that that game was terrible. Um, Maybe next uh, podcast we do, we can have a clip of uh, you screaming at everybody outside the stadium. Yeah. Well. If we wanna, um, if we wanna do a, a beer ad or uh, you know, promote <laughs> alcohol, but it's okay, Raider fans. Don't trade your jersey in like a Charger fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can't. We I I really have a hard time hating on the Niners and uh, Patriots or the Steelers. You know. They got more championship rings, so it's really kind of I'm limited on what I can say to those teams. You know, <laughs> soon as they say five Super Bowl rings, I like what else can you say, right? But the Chargers with with no Super Bowls, all oh, all day, all day I can clown on those guys. What, what y'all got to say? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Take your ass whooping like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we got for today. Um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, if Don't you haven't to- tuned in. Uh, we have Twitter, uh, Tuibo on Twitter. Uh, we also have a page on Facebook. Um, I don't think we have any content there yet, <laughs> but uh, you can find it under Tuibo. Leave comments uh, about this. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, you can leave them at any of those uh, social media outlets, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter and Facebook. Um, did you have anything else? Oh, shortly we're going to have an Instagram. Um, I just have to create another email. <laughs> and... Uh, No, I hope you guys have a great week and we look forward to...
talking to you guys again. Peace. And that was Tim Tebow. Um, pretty much he just summed it up. I mean, I can not said it better myself. Just his perspective on fear and doubt and... Um, In the younger generation. Yeah, and just, I mean, he, he, I think he was specifically talking about the younger generation. But really, it's a message for all of us to to learn from and listen to. I mean, with my boys moving in... Um, I thought about that I when I watched that uh, clip, I think it was earlier today, it just, it just basically summed up how I feel about my kids and what I would want them to, to learn. And, and that is just to go after your dreams, you know. Um, there are things I think uh, that people would argue that are more important than, than going after your dreams, like love and being kind to people, but in, in my heart, like, I feel like we all have that. Like, we, at, deep down inside, you know, whether we're having a bad day or not, I mean, we all know how to be kind and be loving to people. Um, so I don't, I don't really feel like that's, that's something that, um, that's the number one thing. Yeah, that, that's something I want to focus on with my kids. I'd rather, I'd rather focus on their dreams and their goals because I feel like, Everything else comes naturally compared to that. Definitely. Everything yeah. comes naturally, but also not, not, not a lot of people, I don't think, talks about um, going after your goals like I feel like they should be. Like, mm-hmm. um, And you can kind of see it, you know. Uh, social media is big with the, with the younger generation, so it kind of dictates, I think, a, a lot of what uh, kids do. You know, people's opinions matter. And to a certain degree, it does, but not not when you're not when you're starting out, not not when you're trying to build a foundation for what you're trying to do. I think once you get the hang of it, once you once you know who you are and what you want, you're you're gonna realize how to how to navigate through the comments, through the criticism. Uh, and shout out to Gary V. Gary V. Like he's a big influence on the things that I've that I've been talking about and the things that I do now. Uh, he kind of helps me with my doubts, just his book, his books, I should say. I have a couple of his books. I think one is Crushing It. The other one is, mm-hmm. I think the one before that was Just Crush It. Uh, I have both of those. And I follow him on almost all the social media platforms. So do I, yeah. And everything he talks about is just pure motivation and just inspiring people to just go after what they want and he's so practical like but a lot of people don't even see that you know what i mean like i know which is weird (laughs) like i mean i guess at first like at first when you started listening to him i was like who the hell is that like (laughs) you know like why is he saying all these things and and i guess it kind of took me a while to realize like Oh, he's saying these things, and I'm, like, questioning it because that's me, you know? Like, I'm in denial about what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, we all are to a certain degree. I think some people more than others. But, yeah, man, like, if you just think about your time, your Mm -hmm. 24 hours, like, we all have 24 hours, right? No matter 
how much money we got, you know, mm-hmm. where we live in, in, in this world, we all have the same 24 hours a day, right? So what are we doing with those 24 hours? Like, I know like today, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much spent that doing nothing. A but, puzzle, actually. <laughs> which is cool, right? Like, even Gary Vee talks about that. Like, you want to play video games all day? Cool. Is that what, is that what makes you happy? If that, if that is what makes you happy then fine Mm -hmm. just don't complain about it you know right like if you want certain things in life and you don't get it i mean you gotta just look in the mirror and be like okay what 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 am i doing am i doing the things that are getting me to what my goals are yeah and then if all you want to do is just relax and if that that's what makes you happy just play video games all day and spend time with family then so be it but just don't complain about it like how come i don't have these things you know Um, why you don't have those things Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I know I want things in life, uh, in this life, and I know it's going to take a lot of hard work. So, you know, that's just something I want to pass down to my boys, especially while they're living with me. Um, They're teenagers. Uh, David is a sophomore. Isaiah is going into high school this fall. So, you know, they're at that age where it's going to be a lot of distractions, girls, (laughs) sports. I mean, just everything, right? Like... A lot of things that's going to happen within the next two to three years in their life, they might think it's it's so much more important than, than what it really is, right? Because right? they just don't have that perspective. So I think with uh, us as adults and experiencing the things that we've, we've experienced, you know, we can definitely help them with that. But overall, I just want to help them not have, you know, fear. I think fear is going to be there, of course, naturally, but... Just how to overcome him and just keep pushing along. I think also the best part about it, too, is, like, now that they live with us, they're going to see, like, you following your dreams and your passions by, by doing, like, the podcast or even, you know, just doing the things that you're, you're trying to do more of each day. I mean, I definitely don't know where I want to be. I don't really know what I want to do. So I'm still kind of figuring that out. But I also see like the steps that you're taking for, you know, your dreams and aspirations. And so I commend you for that. And I, I think that they're going to see that as well. Yeah. And I think that's, I think a lot of people don't know what they want to do. I think that's the majority (laughs) of people. And that's, and that's fine. Like, I think it goes back to what Tim Tebow said about, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a, it's not about making it to a certain level of success. Yeah. You know, it's about at the end of this life, not having those regrets like, man, I wish I would have did this. You know, that's what it's about. It's, right. You want to try certain things. And we've tried some things and, you know, we realize, oh, well, maybe we didn't really want to uh, uh, be the comedian we want to be or whatever <laughs> it is that, you know. That we want to try, we need to try it. I mean, yeah, that's that's what life is about. It's fun, you know. You got to make it fun, and you just can't have those kind of fears, man. You just can't live like that. So, that's definitely the example I wanna I wanna put forth. Uh, not only to to my kids, but just people around me. Like, if you work where we work, my goodness, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might have been like the same way maybe a few years ago, but man, it's just. It's just eye-opening to just to see the kind of attitudes and, you know, there's this there's this one co-worker, like, I work with. And he talks about, like, every time we talk about, like, we all talk, we all always talk about football. So every time, every time we talk about somebody who just got signed a new contract, 
right? This guy always says, well, man, that must be nice, you know, like... Oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, man, wouldn't you love to have that contract? Like, of course. And then he pauses and says, <coughs> I think they get paid too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, how can you say that? Like, we have no idea the kind of work that these people put in to get that kind of contract, right? They don't just wake up one day and get that con- contract, like... No, there's a lot of hard work that goes goes on behind the scenes that we will never know about. And we probably will never understand either. We're just right. standing there on the sidelines thinking we know something about these people making millions of dollars. Not even standing on the sidelines because we can't afford the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> From the nosebleeds. <laughs> and they want to say, oh, they get paid too much. Excuse yeah. me. And then, and then, and that's just a few, right? There's, there's many more uh, people that work hard and didn't get that contract. So, yeah. you know, it's and and I'm pretty sure that they feel better about themselves. They, I'm pretty sure they wish they would have had that contract, but mm-hmm. at least they put forth the work, and then they realize, hey, it's just it 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 just wasn't good enough, right? So, Not even that, but maybe you know they, it wasn't what they actually wanted, or. You know, that right. there's there's several different reasons as to why they wouldn't have gotten a contract like that. But I mean, they at the same time you can't dwell on everything. No, 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 it's not about dwelling. But I I think the main thing is you put in the work. Yeah. That way, there is no regrets, right? Is key. Yeah, and then you don't want you don't want to be there at, at your death, deathbed regretting a bunch of stuff. I'm definitely closer to my deathbed than a lot of people around me. But <laughs> so you know, maybe I think about it a little bit more than others. But still, you, you, you don't want to be at the end of your life thinking, man, I wish I would have tried this or, man, I wish I would have did this. No. Well, I think you really started thinking about that like last year sometime um, when you were asking me those questions like, what was it like? If you're on your deathbed, oh. what are your regrets or are you happy or whatever yeah. it was? It was the it was the top five uh, regrets people have yes. at their deathbed. And me and uh, Seth started talking about it at work. And one of the, I think it was the number two reason was people spend too much time at work. And man, when we read that, like our overtime hours, wait, <laughs> we used to, we used to go in every Saturday. After we read that list, I think we put in one Saturday every two or three months. <laughs> and especially Seth, like he really felt that one. Like he took that one to heart. And and it's true, right? We don't want to. We don't want to spend our time making other people rich, you know, if, especially if we have other things in our mind. Like if we're putting in overtime for a boss we really love and we really love the company, that's different. Right. But if we have other plans, we have other goals that we want to pursue. Like mm. you got to you got to use those uh, those weekends, those extra hours. Um, you have time off to go to go after those things. And like I said, and if you don't, then we really got have nothing to complain about. <laughs> So yeah, that's just uh, that's just pretty much the the biggest thing that's happened uh, in our home life in the last couple of weeks. Um, and like I said, this is our second podcast, and every podcast we try to dedicate it to a Raider. Um, and this podcast we dedicated to Reggie McKenzie. Um, ever since Al Davis uh, was hired back in '63, became the coach and the GM. He's been the GM ever since to his death in 2011. And the second GM to come in was Reggie McKenzie. So we dedicate this to him. 
Um, especially because um, they parted ways. Reggie McKenzie and the Raiders parted ways after this season. Uh, everybody knew it was coming, especially with the hiring of John Gruden. Uh, a lot of rumors floating around when uh, John Gruden was there. Um, it's just, it, it, you know, sometimes you two people can be both good people with good intentions. It's just not the right fit. And I think ultimately that's what happened at the end. Uh, he just got a new gig with the Miami Dolphins. So good for him. Best of luck. Yep. And, uh, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. So nothing will change there. But um, but I definitely wanted to give a shout out to Reggie McKenzie because when he came in, I don't think uh, any GM uh, started off with a new team with the hole that that Reggie McKenzie uh, inherited. Uh, and it was just bad contracts, a um, lot of dead money. And mm-hmm. um, and he cleaned it all up. It took a couple of years for him to clean it all up, but he, he cleaned it all up, uh, got Raiders in a good situation, good contracts where um, it wasn't going to eat into their future. So um, he did, a, 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 I think, a really good job with with what he had and uh so yeah big shout out to reggie mckenzie um nothing new with the raiders uh news just still waiting on the stadium deal uh, a lot of rumors going around that they might be going back to oakland um i think the the top two options right now is is back in oakland or levi's uh which would be a shocker because uh mark davis always spoke out against playing um second to the niners at levi's um I, I don't really know why, uh, other than he always brings up the fans like it's he's doing. He's looking out for the fans by not being a tenant at, at Levi's with the Niners. So whatever that means, I I wouldn't mind seeing the Raiders playing at Levi's, um, bring bringing the first playoff game to Levi's Stadium. That'll be so cool. <laughs> That'll be so cool, especially after the butt whooping that they gave the Raiders uh, earlier in the season. Oh. Yeah, sorry, I had to bring that up. But, um, yeah, still waiting on that stadium deal. Should happen between now and free agency, I believe, which is early March. Uh, five new assistant coaches just got hired by the Raiders, and none of them was named Woodson. So there goes that. I was hoping that was that was the, the deal with Woodson, why he left ESPN was to take a DB's coach position with the Raiders he did say purely coincidental yeah he did but you know a man can dream yeah (laughs) can't really trust it but yeah uh other than that that's it uh thank you guys for joining us don't forget you can always hit us up on twitter tuibo um we also have a facebook page but we have no content on there right now so uh we'll try to get back up to speed with everybody um instagram page uh still not up yet so coming soon um other than that we're signing off yep anything else from you uh no we hope you guys have a great week you guys have a good week we'll check back happy in with you guys. president's day